Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm really looking forward to speaking today to Mariana Stevens and hearing more about her career journey. Mariana was born in Motueka and is a lawyer, director, businesswoman and mum of four. For many years, she was involved with leading and developing Aotahi, an education business creating small business and financial education programs and resources. Over the years, Mariana has also grown her governance career and is a director for Wakatu Incorporation, a business with over $300 million in assets and guided by its intergenerational 500-year vision, Te Pai Tafiti. Mariana is also currently leading Oora, which is an associated business of Wakatu that invests in a portfolio of nutrition and ingredient applications, which is sourced from the natural biomatter of Aotearoa. Mariana, alongside that, is also a trustee on Agmart, Te Afina Marae in Motueka, and Te Runanga o Ngāti Rārua. In 2016, Mariana received the Aotearoa New Zealand Māori Women Business Leader Award in recognition of outstanding success and excellence in business. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more about her career journey today. Morena, Mariana, and thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Anna. It's a pleasure. Great. The question I would love to start with is just to take you a little way back and think back to when you were a child or even a teenager. What careers were you thinking about, dreaming about, or, or even aspiring to? Uh, I think it's a really good question. Uh, it did take me back, actually. And I think at the time when I was growing up, we did have TV. I think my children are quite shocked about that. But yes, we had television. And one of the shows at the time was LA Law. It was a show that everything, uh, they were in the courtroom, it was dramatic, the clothes were great, and I thought I wanted a piece of that action, so law was quite attractive. At the same time, I was growing up in a community whereby our families were starting uh, to get their their land back. We weren't just Māori at the Marae, but we were also uh, Māori business owners. So at that time in our journey, we needed uh, expertise in law. Again, that was, that was an opportunity that I saw. Law was a really uh, attractive uh, career option. And yes, I remember LA Law as well. I know what you mean, absolutely fast-paced action, looked very exciting as a, as a life to pursue. And then tell me then about the, the first few years of your career. I know you did go on to study law, and but alongside an arts degree. Tell me then about the, the first few years of your career. What were some of the highlights, but also some of the challenges? Well, when I first think about my first lot of jobs, uh, the first job I had was actually at our marae. So it was really um, about service. And my cousin has a wonderful um, saying in, in that service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. So when you're at the marae, one of our key values and behaviours is, is manaakitanga, so it was looking after others. So I often think about my days, my first job really was you know, at the marae, and so therefore making the beds, cooking, making sure that everyone was well fed and um, looked after. I think that really helped me in good deeds. So I was you know, a very good waitress, 
And I was also very good at making sure that, yeah, I looked after others. So I think that's been a really good skill set and attribute to have in some of the jobs that I've picked up. I went then into the Māori Land Court before I went into law. And again, the technical um, aspect of that was also uh, very good. And also it made me think about things of connections and relationships that people had with their lands. So for me, again, that was another important learning. And then going through a series, you know, working at the law firm and then again thinking about people and, and meeting their needs and then finally starting up my own business. Again, it was all around that service about meeting the needs of people and, and education was quite an important part of that. It's all of those, it's, it's, all, it's always been around service. It's mm-hmm. always about uh, meeting um, people's needs and also having courage and being aspirational in terms of the work that I've been involved with over the years. Some great lessons in there. And I love that, what a wonderful phrase that we're saying, if service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. I haven't heard it before and it's, yeah, it really hit home for me. A great phrase. And then, as you said, you started your own business. You became an entrepreneur. And for some people, that can feel like a bit of a risky or an overwhelming path. What was it for you that prompted you to start your own business? At the time, I had three children. And actually, I think they were under six. So I had to have some a little bit of flexibility, mm. you know, to be able to, you know, still work and make a difference, but also raise a family. Yeah. Starting uh, my own business allowed that, although I would say that I probably spent more time, <laughs> you know, it was probably, you know, a lot more full on. It would probably would have been easier for working um, for someone else in hindsight. But also you know, I shifted back to, to a small community and my husband, he was a, such a great person and that he was always prepared to put himself out there and so anything was possible so I think that was a really great learning for me also so he had a lot of confidence and and he supported the thinking and the opportunities that came our way so I was always really thankful for that I also we moved back to a small community he had you know really large family being Maori and being from Maniaputo and again when I was at home people started coming up to the house where we lived and asking for business advice. Can you help me with my GST return? I've employed a Fano member, you know, how do I get rid of them? And I want to set up an entity, but what type of structure should I set my business up? So there was a real uh, need. And we started to think about, well, you know, how could we serve these people? We were the, what was happening out there that they needed to come and get that advice. And at the time, there was a great institution, uh, Tawana Moraltearoa, that was a little bit different from really quite established education providers. They were prepared to go out into communities. They were prepared to do things differently in terms of the um, education programs that could be offered. So they backed us and they said, actually, you know, develop a, and design a program, you know, that could um, meet the, the needs of the community. So I think having that opportunity, presenting it to us and having a line of values and vision really um, set us on a good pathway. And we didn't know everything. I think that's been one of the biggest learnings of my life. You don't have to know everything. So how do you build a team around you? And the talent that was in that community uh, we were living in, Tikawiti, was amazing. And, you know, that my business partner, who became our business partner, was a fantastic young woman who just had a child. And I felt, you know, really privileged the fact that we, there were people in the community that could work with us and that could develop or deliver the vision that we had to serve. Yeah, it was a risk. It wasn't easy. We set up in our garage. But when I think about the transformation that we've made in people's lives across New Zealand with those business and education programs, it's, it's, been, yeah, it's been quite phenomenal. 
Yeah, wonderful. And what I love about that story is, you know, kind of initially having the courage to, or the belief to go for it, but also identifying that customer need in there, but also the value of team, but also the partnership aspect as well with Te Wanangoa Tauroa and recognising that you don't need to go it alone and, and the, the partnership can make you stronger in the way. Super, I mean, honestly, super advice in terms of if other people are thinking about starting their business. And then over time, you've developed more the governance side of your career and as a director and a trustee, what was it about that that's appealed to you? My family would say this has all been by design. So mm. I probably, in some aspects, didn't have, have a choice. I've been really well supported in my career you know, I think about the mentoring that I've received when I was, you know, at the Marae, but also coming through my school and university. And I think one thing I've always been thankful for, I've been thankful for a lot of things, but the, the investment that my family and others have made in my career, even with my cousin, who happens to be the chair of Wakatuan Corporation, Paul Morgan, I often think about the times we would meet in Wellington just for a coffee, just for a catch-up. And him actually asking how I was going. And so that's been really important, the fact that I've had very good mentoring. And wherever I was living in New Zealand, being invited to events that the incorporation or family members were, have been involved in, getting that sort of insight and overview of what's um, been happening in our region and both in the businesses. So that, that's been quite, quite critical in terms of my journey getting into governance so if I look at Wakatu Incorporation, I came through as a scholarship recipient. They run an associate director program. Uh, I was the first associate director for Wakatu, which meant I got to be able to serve um, on the board with, with the leadership and to gain more insight into what was happening across the businesses and with our families. And then the owners elected me onto the board uh, 13 years ago. So there's not a day where I don't feel privileged and honoured, but also scared and excited in terms of the work programme. And then, of course, having been part of that, I'm a marae trustee, that, that's fundamental because that's the essence in terms of who I am as a person. It is that, that culture and connection uh, back to our families. It's really important to me. The same with the Te Runaungati our tribal authority, very important but also the fact that I have exposure to how others think with other boards as well. So I think that's really important. A psychotherapist board, not an area I have technical expertise in at all, but the premise that they serve to um, help people's well-being is, is, is important to me. And meeting people that I wouldn't necessarily engage with, but fundamentally um, serve but in other ways who have other ideas, I, I really enjoy that aspect. I'm always learning and being on boards and being on committees, even if it's the school committee, and you gain insights. And it's always about relationships and people and you learn things at all levels and it helps me as a person to be able then contribute better in the roles that, that, I'm, that I'm in. Mm, absolutely. And I like the way you talked about the, the role on the psychotherapist board is actually you didn't need to necessarily have expertise in that area. Actually, what you were bringing was a different perspective and that also was is valuable, but the organisation itself still aligned with, with your purpose. And what I think is, is interesting is over time now we're seeing increasing numbers of women taking on governance roles. What do you think perhaps that women might bring to the table or, or how even could we get more women considering roles in governance? I think women 
they bring to the board that I think we're a lot more patient and observant. I think being a mother and being connected into families is quite important. And at Wakatu, we really were a family business. We're a business of families. So I think relationships to me, and I guess to a lot of women, are really quite important. So I think we're a lot more relational, if that makes sense. Mm. I also think that we're probably a little bit more inclined to want to work together with others. I do find that with with a lot of the women that I, I work with. And I always look and reflect back on my aunties and my grandmother. They were they're pretty fierce, but they're kind, but they're fierce with it. And they have confidence to be able to articulate what they're feeling, how, you know, how they're expressing. But I also get from them too the fact that they do like to listen. And, and they're respectful in that too. I, I also think that with my aunties and my cousins especially, I think we like to, we want to work together. So I think we're a lot more open to be wanting um, to do that, but we're respectful. We can't do it all by ourselves. As men and women, we, we do need to do that better, uh, I think, in partnership. Great perspectives and really interesting to hear around that kind of, so being more patient and observant and more relational. Really interesting insights, Mariana. Thank you. And leading Aura now, what do you love about your current work? Wow, I love the fact that my, and so the Wakatu board, yeah, we're family. And so I love the fact that the board had the courage and ambition to back, back a new entity within our organisation. So I'm, I'm really proud about that because what happened was they um, sent me off to Stanford University you know, on a course and said, go over there, see what's happening, and then you're going to have to come back with something. And you're like, what the hell? Anyway, over there, and I did come back with something. I came back with, actually, are we ready? Are we willing? Are we able to do something different? To be able to think about the next 20, 50 years and what that future might look like and then design back from that. So I really didn't have a plan as such, but I had the, the willingness, and the same with our team, to be able to think like that and to be able to be courageous and ambitious. I'm really proud of that. And what that meant was, as an entity, that we were able to yeah, look at some of the strategic programs of work, be able to start those within the order, and then be able to spin them either back into our business or spin them out. It didn't really matter. So when I look at those programs of work, you know, Wakatu convening, Māori business convened intergenerational regional strategy, that, that's a big opportunity and even more with COVID. So to be able to think and convene that was, was a really important project. Our relationship with our natural world, to Tile, to be able to do the initial thinking around the wellness of our whenua, of our water as an entity, and to be able to then you know, spin that back into the business. And now we have a full 25-year program of work that's happening. Again, that's an accomplishment. And I'm not saying that we know everything, but I'm really proud of the fact that we're starting and we're um, taking our families, taking other businesses in the region with us. And I think that's really powerful. And then being able to think about our own knowledge systems as Māori, to be able to think about science and the impact that that may bring to the table when we start to think around nutrition and wellness and being able to then design solutions that meet yeah, some of the big challenges that we have here in Aotearoa as well as globally, you know, around obesity, around cognitive health, joint health, etc. you know, and being able to think about waste streams and other interesting raw materials that we can then take to another level in terms of health and wellness solutions and being able to co-design in market with customers 
is really quite exciting. Yeah, it's not, I don't see it as work. I just see it as a privilege and I see it as fun and transformational and the fact that we're actually doing it instead of talking about it. It's, it's really exciting. And I can hear that excitement and that passion coming through from you. If you look back at your career to date, Mariana, I was no career is easy. We all have our, our ups and our downs. What have been some of your toughest career challenges or moments? Uh, I think it is that balance between, I think, you know, having your personal life and what you do in, in your career and how you, and I don't really like to work the balance because I think that people get excitement and joy out of many things. But I think probably one of the most challenging things I've had is being a mother and what comes with that and the responsibility. I often reflect that I probably could have done a, a lot better and to look at my children and think, you know, yeah, could I have done things better? And I think, yes, I could have. But I've also learned the fact that to each other and listening is, is really important. And I just hope that they one day were able to see some of the achievements and, and why we do the things that we do. So that, that's something for me I probably often reflect on and, and think about, but I'm also prepared to be better. So I'm always up front with the kids about that. So yeah, that, that's one thing I, I probably reflect on a lot. The other thing too is sometimes to back yourself and ask for help. Those aren't easy things to get your head around sometimes. It's, sometimes it's easy just to not perhaps say anything, perhaps you know, leave things for a while. But as I've matured and got a lot more confidence and surrounded myself with really good people, I think I've got a lot better in that. But probably initially I, w- I would have tended to sit back and wait. Yeah, I think it's, it's just really just backing yourself. And there's never any wrong answer. And actually asking for help is okay. Great lessons learned. And sometimes it's when things don't go so well that we learn the most, isn't it, through some of the toughest moments and the the biggest challenges. And I was keen to understand, you said you've got four kids. I have three kids myself, so I certainly know there are things that I could do better with my own children. A question that I often find women asking is, how do I manage to have a fulfilling career and also be able to enjoy and be able to have a wonderful family and, and raise my kids in the way I want to? How have you been able to find a way to do both? What have you found has worked for you in that? Yeah, I've probably been quite fortunate in that I was raised by my grandparents. So my mother gave me probably the best gift I could ever receive as a child and that she had me when she was quite young. So her giving me to my grandparents, there's not a day where I couldn't love my mother anymore in terms of the sacrifice that she gave for me to have a better life. I've grown up with my grandparents. I've grown up with a really quite an extended family. So that's been important for me in terms of raising my children is the fact that they come from very good families and people who love them. So to be able for them to meet and connect with with our families, and especially when you're custodians of land um, and resources, you're, you're in a wider collective, right? So you do need to know who your family is and you do need to be able to um, relate to them, to be able to mix with them, to be able to understand where they're coming from. That for me has been, and I was pleased that my husband, who's my ex-husband, I'm pleased that we had those fundamental values of sharing our children with our wider family and community. So that, that for me was quite important and so when there have been times of trouble, when I've, you know, and I've had, it's been a family that has raised my, a wider family that's been, that's helped me raise our children. And if something happened to me or my um, husband, they could have, they would know who, who to go to. 
So I think that's something, and especially as Māori, we're, we're really fortunate um, to have that to have that network. So that's pretty cool. I think the other thing is too is I'm always learning, and I came through. A, I had really good mates when I grew up, and so in sports was a big thing in my life as well as education and. I think kids today with gadgets, they've got a lot of different things that they're trying to contend with. So for me, as a mother, we say to them, I'm not here to judge. You have to tell me the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't care what it is, just tell me. But I want to hear some good stuff. <laughs> not, yeah, so I think it's being open and not saying that you're going to judge it. And I think that's a big testament that if my children can come to me with the totality of the things that are facing them. And if I could raise good children with good fundamental values, that wasn't enough. I didn't care if they didn't go up to university as long as they were good people. So to me, that was the sort of litmus test. That was the main thing for me to, to feel like I've been a good mother. It's just to raise good, happy people that were good to others. I feel that I've achieved that. You know, there's been some challenges, don't get me wrong, but I feel fundamentally they're good human beings they have good values, and at the end of the day, they'll make their ways in their lives, whatever that looks like. What also struck me as you were telling that, Mariana, was around in raising your kids. There are so many crossovers actually with business in terms of, well, actually, how do you get the people that you're working with to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly? Because you need to know that to have that open door to be able to, to talk things through and find out how things could be better and also how do you create an organisation that has strong values as well. So it, it was interesting for me to see some of those parallels also with, with raising a family and, and running a business. Probably, sorry, and just one thing to add to that, Walker 2, we've invested in the generations coming through and we have a high percentage of young people, um, owners coming to our annual general meetings, our special general meetings. We're connecting well in with them. And it gives us insights into the things that they're contending with. They're bringing up at meetings, you know, do we understand the wellness of the soils, packaging, climate change, housing. These are fundamental challenges that are facing communities um, and our families. And again, we're only going to get that perspective if we allow them to come in and participate. I think that's, that's really important. And it, well, yeah, and it's the good, the bad, the ugly, because some things we're doing great, some things we need to do better, but they're part of that, which I think is quite important. Mm, absolutely. And I, I think it almost goes to the fundamentals of around diversity, having that different perspective from the younger generation coming through. But the benefits of that, you only start to see them if they actually feel listened to, if they feel that their contributions are valued, if they feel that change results from some of their ideas and their thoughts. And that's the same with kind of inclusion. It's no good just to have people sitting at the table, but not to feel that their views are listened to and valued. Yeah, great. And as you look back on your career, is there anything maybe that's, that's surprised you? Yeah, I think there are a few surprises. I, I'm, all, I'm always surprised at myself. And I talked about this before that sometimes you think, oh, should I, should I, da, 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 and then you just do it. And then you're like, I could do it. So I think it's always, and again, it comes back to having that confidence and backing yourself. And I do remember one story. I was shortlisted for a scholarship at university. And anyway, I was going in for the scholarship interview, but my husband had got held up in a meeting. He was meant to pick the kids up for me. And anyway, I went into the scholarship interview. I had a three-year-old and a baby, and I fed the baby before I went into the scholarship interview. There was like six on the panel from some of the big law firms and the faculty of law at the time. 
And I was like, oh, my God, I bet you they've never seen anything like this. Anyway, they, in the nice corner, they had set up a you know, cup of tea and you know biscuits, chocolate biscuits and all things. So, of course, my three-year-old made a beeline for that. So she was blooming hyper. They started asking me these questions you know, around tax law, around leadership, and there was a whole lot of things in there. And my baby woke up. And then the baby was crying, so I had to feed the baby, breastfeed the baby in the interview. You know, it was all just chaos, right? It was just like, it was all bloody just falling down around me. But what happened was I closed my eyes for a second and what I saw was I saw the people at home, the people in my community, the people in my marae, my family, and I drew on that strength and that belief because I've had so many people back me, you know, in my career. And I just took a deep breath and then I just started again. And... I guess that was a surprise to me, the fact that I had that inner strength and all of that helping me and supporting me in, 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 that, in that particular time. And I've, and I've drawn on that strength on many times where I've had you know, challenges to give me that sort of strength to, to keep going. And needless to say, my husband turned up after the interview, of course, saying, oh, I bet you killed the interview now. I did want to kill somebody. I wasn't probably him. But what I would say that when I went to the, to the announcement and it was given by the Governor-General. Basically, the panel had said they'd never seen anything like it in an interview. But the fact that I was able to, just to get through it, to be calm and to be able to answer the, the questions in an articulate way, make sure they saw something. I think it's those times in your life when you can get through situations, yeah, it, it does see you through. So it's not to panic, but just to draw on, or draw on things that can help you get through those, whether that's people, whether that's sayings, I don't know, whatever works. But I certainly learnt a lot from that situation that's carried me through to, I think, where I am today. And I like the idea, actually surprised yourself with the inner strength that you actually had in that situation. Yeah. And as you look back on your career, what are perhaps some of the proudest moments? We've talked about some of the tougher ones. What are what are some other of the proudest moments that you've had? I think I've been um, really proud of the impact that um, you know, some of the initiatives that I've been involved in that have made you know, the differences in people's lives. I think that's really important. And when I think about our education business, the fact that people got jobs, they were better parents, you know, all of those are really great outcomes. And so that, that's made me really proud to be part of that. I've been really proud of the fact that I don't have to own and control everything that I'm prepared to share. And in a particular business, we gave, you know, 30% of the business to a wonderful young woman who I, we knew we could back in our business that was going to take our business to the next level. And that happened. So I've been really proud of the fact that we were able to do that. And for someone that I consider a great person and a great friend, again, that was a really proud moment for me. You know, I think another proud moment for me too is seeing my children grow up and and become wonderful young adults. So again, that's another accomplishment. And I'm proud to be part of an entity that actually cares about others, that actually wants to make a difference and that is prepared to back themselves to me, that's it's probably at a stage of my life now, and especially coming through, you know, you know, COVID, the fact that having that long-term vision, um, having a fantastic leadership, and being part of a family and community that gives a shit, it's really powerful. Yeah, I feel that if people in groups that can make change and to belong to one of those entities is a yeah is a privilege. Mm. So I'm, I'm feeling very hopeful about our future and um, excited. And you talked a bit about the future there. Where do you see your career heading in the future? 
I'm pretty relaxed about it. I've been thinking a lot lately about um, succession, if I'm honest. I'm thinking about how we're bringing others into about the different businesses and the marae, et cetera. So I've been thinking a lot about that and perhaps taking a role or perhaps more of my role being a facilitator of that. So I think that's one aspect that I'm, I'm probably I'm going to focus on for the next couple of years. I did think that perhaps I'd like to do a stint offshore. So whether that's in a sort of a trade or ambassadorial role, I, I think that that's something that I'd, I'd probably like to consider. So I'm quite excited about that opportunity. Mm. And yeah, I think I'd like to be, yeah, it's time for yeah, others to come through and shine. So I, yeah, that's what I've said, I'm, I'm really quite excited about the platform or the foundation that we're setting up here to allow others um, to come in. We've got a really strong network across many disciplines and that cross-disciplinary approach of bringing together um, people to solve some of the the challenges and and problems that we're facing is really good. So I'm enjoying that aspect and I think that's going to be carrying on as to how we collaborate, how we work with others to make um, the positive change that we need is, yeah, I think I'm going to really enjoy facilitating, convening it and bringing together those groups to do some awesome stuff. Yeah, fantastic. It sounds like plenty still to be going on with in the coming years, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you did start thinking, I'm pretty relaxed about my career, but I want to do this or this. It all came from a place of purpose, so didn't it? And, and service as well that you've talked about. So I can see why that still is, is continuing to drive you there. And one last question, Mariana, what career advice would you have for others? Well, the career advice that I'd have is don't, you don't have to know everything. We're always learning. And if you don't know something, ask. And I, I would like to think that people would ask for help more. It's surprising, actually, where help and inspiration comes from. So I always think ask for help when you need it. And even maybe if you don't need it, just ask. I think also, you know, and then that flows into, and I've talked a lot about this, is about just backing yourself. I think, again, putting yourself out there. I know it's daunting, but there's actually nothing lost if you, if you, if you do that. And that's something I've, I've definitely learned throughout um, my career. And it's really surrounding yourself. I think traditionally we've looked at a single person to lead. But what I like about the family that I belong to um, and the groups is that it's a team approach. So if you have good people surrounding you, if you can form a, you know, a really good, strong network, I think that, that really helps. It accelerates things. It shares the love. It shares the load. And there's anything that I've learned about that network that you create to support you, you know, in your journey, I think that's really important. And the other important thing that I've learned too is that you've got to have fun. You've got to have fun. And that's what I love about, again, about my family. We laugh. We cry, we do have all of those emotions and yeah, it's, yeah, I just think that's so important and sometimes I think we lose sight of that, the fact that we think that we have to be this or we have to do that. We're going to make mistakes, we're going to learn together and uh, more importantly, yeah, it's, you've got to have fun. Mm, super advice and you're right, I think often speaking in the world of business, we think it needs to be serious but actually some fun, you never quite know what's going to come out of it and it, it makes everybody's day a lot more joyful as, as well. But some wonderful other advice also, Mariana, about you know, asking for help and don't feel like you need to know all the answers around backing yourself, which I think particularly for women is having that courage to, and belief in, in yourself, as well as just that. And as you said, it's come through the 
conversation today about wonderful support from networks that's been so important and vital in your own career. Thank you so much for taking the time to share some of your journey today. I really appreciated it, Mariana. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.